Trading Nut, episode 103. Time and time again, actually, you know, it costs money to enter the market. When you're in the market, you're at risk. You know, what I want to do is I want to be in the market market when I've got the least risk, when I've got the best possible um, chance of making money. And I don't want to pay the broker a load of fees and I don't want to get slippage because that's going to cost me as well. So how do I do that? Well, realistically, I trade slightly less. I have my trades on the market for slightly longer. And, uh, and that improves the ability to make profit. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. Before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsored partner for today's episode, City Traders Imperium. Now, CTI has one of the world's best funded accounts and learning platforms all in one. Get a CTI Forex funded account today and advance a step closer to achieving your personal freedom. To find out more, head over to citytradersimperium.com. That's citytradersimperium.com. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got a guest, a special guest by the name of Nathan Sage on the show. Now, I'll tell you why he's special in a second, but first of all, I just want to wrap it up. This will be the last show of 2020, and I just want to say, hey, look, guys, have a great Christmas, New Year period with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Uh, Enjoy it. 2020 is now almost over. When it's over, 2021 has to be better than 2020, right? Surely it can't be any worse than this, being locked in your house for weeks on end. Uh, Guys, let's um, look forward to 2021. We've got a fantastic episode coming up. Now, the guest I've got today is a guy by the name of Nathan Sage. Now, I first knew about Nathan about three years ago when he signed up to my Robot Builders Club. At the time, it was called Automate My Trading. Uh, It was a course where I teach you how to build trading robots. As I keep going on about, you've heard me mention it before, uh, I teach people how to build trading robots. Now, Nathan is by far probably my most successful member of the course. Now, uh, what what he's gone on and done, you're going to hear today, he's basically become a... created a robot he's well not just one robot he's created a series of robots or eas or algorithms trading algos that um he's managed to license to hedge funds for seven figures okay so this is what's possible with my robot builders club funnily enough i didn't even know this was possible until nathan came forward and let me know that this is a possible avenue for people that come on build an algo turn it into something um, that can generate a certain return that or a return in a certain way that these hedge funds and funds want to want to get access to and you can license it onto them so um, it just shows you how you can look at this industry from very uh, many different aspects you can either look at it from purely you know trading for yourself and becoming a personal trader and that ultimate freedom where you've got no one to to be responsible for or even just creating your own trading algo that's going to trade on your behalf but the other thing you can do is leverage the things that you know. So once you become good at this, you've got a skill that people will want to uh, invest in. You you know you become a valuable asset, and that's what essentially what Nathan Nathan has done to the point where his company is sponsoring the Trading Up podcast 
in early 2021. So you're going to hear that and hear more from him then. Um, but today you're going to get to hear his story. So this is how things can happen so quickly. It was three years ago. I'll look back at some of the emails that, that we um, that we uh, sent between each other when he was asking questions about, like simple questions about how to build, how to test trading robots. And now he's creating them or created enough of them to a uh, number of them to, to sell to hedge funds on a licensed basis for over seven figures so guys you're gonna hear that story coming up um now look on this note and it's the end of the year i'm gonna do a special for anyone that wants to join up to my robot builders club now here's what it is basically if you sign up to my robot builders club before the timer expires you will get access to a five thousand dollar evaluation account from my sponsors city traders imperium so this is valued at 200 pounds you get that with the Robot Builders Club completely free of charge, uh, which is going to give you a $5,000 US dollar account to trade on, and you've got a full year to pass your evaluation. And you get whatever you whatever you earn on that evaluation when you pass it, you get the 50% of the profits as well. So this is like a massive bonus, and they allow you to trade with trading robots. So uh, it's a perfect synergy, right? Then if you pass the evaluation, you move on to the $20,000 funded account so you all of a sudden you jump from trading 5000 to trading 20000 so it's it's a great little offer here guys uh go and check it out there's links in the show notes links in the show description or head over to tradingnut.com and it'll be up there on the uh robots page if you want to look at the robot builders club that's where you're going to get all the information I'll do a separate video on this to explain how it works and why this is such a good deal and so so much better than just trading your own capital all right guys right let's get on with this show with Nathan, it's a fantastic little episode here. Um, let's do it. Trading Up Podcast, we've got Nathan Sage with us. Now, Nathan is a ex-client of mine. Well, he is a current client, I suppose, as well, uh, of my Robot Builders Club. Uh, he reached out to me just this week or last week and said, you know, just want to say thanks. Um, I've had a great run in the last three years. And that's why I've got him on the podcast, not just to, to sort of, you know, tell you about his great run but um I'm, i know he's got a lot of valuable information to to share with you guys today on anything to do with like i suppose automating strategies for for funds um his trading career in the past and all sorts of stuff so guys this is going to be a fantastic interview welcome to the show nathan thanks for joining us all the way from the uk how are things with you fantastic i really yeah uh, it's really great to be here and to to actually talk to you in person so so Nathan um yeah as I said he reached out and uh he basically said I, I managed to build a robot license it to a, a fund or institutions for seven figure sum and uh just want to say thanks so I thought I've got to get him on to find out how he does it how he did it and it was only three years ago um and so we've just shot a, a, a probably an hour and a half long video for my robot builders club members to go into a lot of the detail around um, how you actually get to the point of creating a an automated strategy that you can then sell into or license to uh, a fund and, and what's involved in that and you've done this multiple times nathan so today we're going to get the story and uh, everyone on the podcast is going to get to hear this and then i'm sure it's going to be uh fascinating so to start off with do you want to let us know how you first got into trading and your sort of journey to date in terms of um, all the way up to where you are now? And we'll sort of dive into to some details in, the, in that as well. 
Yeah, sure. It uh, sounds good. So, um, so my, my background isn't actually um, uh, actually trading. So um, this is one of these things where a lot of people come to, and I was, I was at my, my kind of day job, and I was thinking, you know, this this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. What can I do this that in some ways potentially gives me that financial freedom? And and you know, trading seems to be a really good option. Um, I'm somebody who uh, is fairly competitive, quite like the idea of, of trying to. Um, you know, trade and, and make money from trading, and it's something that I had to um, learn from from the very beginning. Learn how to trade, you know, how to to technically, um, you know, trade the market, understand fundamentals, and how the market market works. And surprisingly, I didn't realise it was only you know three years ago that we spoke. It seems like a, an eternity, and the ride that I've had over those those last sort of three years plus has, has been you know, pretty exceptional um, and, and exciting. You know, I've learned so much over that period. Um, to get to where um, I've, I've been able to get to now, um, which is which is fantastic. So, so you, um, you start off you started off as a discretionary trader, and like because we already spoke, and I'm I'm trying. I've got some pots in there, little little potholes that I can't sort of piece together. So, how did that work? How did that look initially when you were discretionarily trading? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I started initially trading my own money. So I, I tried to you know learn you know the basic kind of strategies of, of how to trade everything from from moving averages through to to price action the, the traditional kind of things that that you need to need to learn you know stops targets all that kind of stuff um what then happened was that i got to the stage where i actually um started putting some of those strategies down into uh, an automated environment one, one of my biggest challenge, uh, challenges when i was trading was the fact that um, i got very emotional about trades you know whether you know, winning or losing, um, it, I got emotional. Um, I got stressed about it. I made bad decisions because of it, and I think that affects a lot of traders out there. And the second thing is that I found I was really inconsistent. You know, when I was trading, you know, I would have a good strategy, and I would tweak and I'd tweak and I'd tweak that strategy to death to the stage where it would no longer be be a profitable strategy, and I couldn't remember, you know, the strategy from the beginning that I originally had that made money. And that that continuous uh, drive to find the holy, holy grail in trading that that perfect strategy actually was 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 killing me um the other thing is that profit was king you know when i started everything was about profit low time frames fast trades turn over the money make a lot of money you know that that's what it was all about well what i had to do is is i found that the emotion and the consistency was actually killing my ability to be a good trader so what i did is i i turned that into um, an automated format um, I, I joined your course actually um, I learned how to use um, at the start something called FX Dreamer you know that allowed me to put my strategies into a place where they were automated that I couldn't in some ways fiddle with and, and become emotional about um, it also introduced me to back testing that allowed me to understand which strategies worked which strategies didn't what tweaks I could make them to be better strategies and, and I built a, a number of, of strategies that work very well um, on a back testing basis. I then trialed them on, on small amounts of money to see if they worked live and they did. Um, and then it kind of expanded from there. You know, I got to the stage where I thought to myself, look, I can carry on doing this. I can trade my own money, but realistically I need more money, you know, more money to be able to trade you know, bigger amounts and, and earn more out of these strategies because they work and therefore, you know, why not? Why not take them out there and, and, and share them with others and, and try and make some money out of it? The traditional route for me was the fund management route. Um, I started up my own um, fund. Um, I got it fully regulated um, in the UK under the FCA. It was an offshore Cayman fund. And um, I started to attract investors um, through word of mouth, through network, through referrals. You know, I didn't go to, to institutions. I didn't market. It was just through people I know, friends and, friends and family that came into the fund where I was able to, to apply these, these strategies and uh, demonstrate that they, they worked. And initially, 
to be fair they were they were very fast trading strategies we we would trade you know tens and tens of millions um on every trade uh, notional value um and you know we would do very well out of that the challenge that that came with with that was the fact that a lot of the things that i thought originally worked within trading didn't work so you know fast trading low time frames um, the costs associated, the slippage you'd get on larger amounts of money would be such that realistically over the long term, you wouldn't be that profitable. And so that kind of understanding through, through running the fund put me in a really good position to uh, build strategies, build automated strategies that took into the consideration um, much more around risk. You know, what's, what's the, the, the risk of, of, of this uh, strategy? What's the likely drawdown of, on open trades or even closed trades? Um, what's the, the value at risk, as in the, you know, the probability um, of, of losing more than a certain amount? Um, you know, OK, what is the profitability of this? You know, how likely is it on average that I'm going to um, win and lose? You know, these kind of stats that, that were very important came into play when I was within that fund which then took me on, and again, we're talking a three-year period, which is quite quite short, but then took me on to actually thinking, okay, look, I can run this fund and I can carry on running this fund. And you know, all those investors out there that, that want a, a, a return, um, you know, could I do this in a better way? And what I thought is what I could do is actually take these strategies um, and actually license them out to other funds. And so that's exactly what I did. I created something called uh, Sage Capital, um, where we basically build and uh, and license out our strategies to other funds um and, and from that what happened was um, some of the strategies that i will i was licensing out um weren't in your traditional assets they were in crypto so bitcoin ethereum at the time litecoin as well um, and i got approached by a, a large regulated um, fund in fact one of the largest european uh, regulated funds that trades crypto approached me and, and asked to license my my strategies and so Amongst other funds, these guys licensed my strategies and, um, you know, that went exceptionally well. Um, for them, it meant that they got um, decent returns. They got well uh, risk adjusted uh, management um, to the stage where, where basically they asked me to come on and, and run the business. So I, I started with them as CEO and uh, became portfolio manager and, and ran their whole uh, crypto business for them. Um, to more recently, um, again, we've got them in a good state and, and a good automated uh, way of running their fund. To me, stepping away and re-getting to the stage where um, Sage Capital is 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 at the stage where we're, we're continuing continuing that licensing, um, but also in a different way. We're now making um, our strategies available to everybody. So we've taken eighteen of our best strategies. Um, one thing that really annoyed me was that people would come to me and say, "Look, I want to invest in your fund," but there were certain criteria you had to fulfill to be able to invest. You had to be what's called a professional investor. You had to invest a minimum of $100,000 to be able to invest. And it seemed really unfair to me because actually, if you look at the statistics out there, people who trade lower amounts, retail traders as they call them, statistically um, are likely to, to have a high probability of losing their money. I mean, brokers state, you know, 70, 80% of people lose their money. Um, it just didn't seem very fair to me that, that people with 100,000 plus could get professional management, but people with less than that had to, to go at their loan and, and actually probably some of the most vulnerable so i thought well look why don't we release some of our strategies we've got 18 strategies that we can release you know these are professionally crafted rigorously tested let's release them let's put them on a retail kind of subscription model and let people benefit from them and what's interesting actually since we've released them we've got 99 percent of, of people um that are using our strategies have made money um and so that 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 kind of 
plays around with the whole kind of theory of everyone loses to that actually this software helps you make better decisions and uh, and puts you in a position where you you hopefully will make money as well and so that's kind of my, my journey from from being a, a non-trader through to learning how to trade through to trading I think I traded nearly two to three billion of other people's money through a regulated fund, which was my own, through to then you know, licensing these strategies to, to fund, through to then running one of the largest uh, regulated crypto funds in Europe, through to then going back to, to um, expanding our ability to, to trade and, uh, and build these, these uh, strategies and algorithms to try and help, uh, help everybody. So um, there's a kind of snapshot of, of what's happened in the last three years. But it all started, Cam, from, from talking to you at the beginning and, and giving me a few, few steers as to, as to how to build uh, algorithmic strategies. Brilliant. It's it's absolutely brilliant story. I mean, I, I love this because um, it's literally just sort of come all from all the way back from 2017. I had had a look at some of the emails that Nathan has sent me, and I was like, uh, "This is crazy." I've just sort of answered a few questions here that you, you came through with after joining with the course, and um, to hear that you know the journey and what you've done since then is quite amazing. And it's it's a big lesson for uh, a lot of the guys who are members of the Robot Builders Club now and a potential avenue for them to then you know scale what they're what they're creating in most cases for themselves so um this is fantastic now uh you obviously dove into crypto quite a bit i mean do you want to sort of give us and this was you know 2017 was when it was going through that bull run to 20k is that right and then um uh into 2017 somewhere 2018 and so so how did that how did back testing and coming up with strategies that worked on crypto at that time um go about because there wasn't a lot of data right there wasn't a lot of historical stuff no exactly i mean realistically any kind of bad testing you did at crypto at that time was was really invalid because the quality of data you got at that time was was pretty poor i mean the way that we started was actually using some of the the strategies that we knew worked across multiple assets so you know we, we had strategies that worked very well in fx but actually you could pick up those strategies and apply them to to gold or oil or indices or whatever you like and they would still be very effective so the learnings that we'd got from those strategies we felt that we could apply them to, to crypto pretty well i mean what, one thing with crypto which is um really nice compared to most other asset classes is the fact that it trends very very well it's, it's very volatile um and and it traditionally has been very volatile certainly around you know 2017 2018 it was incredibly volatile these days it, it's not so volatile in fact you know, I think things like oil can be more volatile than than, than crypto these days. Um, but what's nice about it is you don't get a lot of. Um, it sounds strange. You don't get a lot of market manipulation with some of the other asset classes. You've got very large institutions that are coming in, and they are um, you know buying up the liquidity or, or you know using the liquidity to their advantage. Within crypto, it, it's not really held by institutions. It's held by you know a di- diverse population of people, which which allows. Uh, or actually restricts that manipulation to the same extent. So you've got a market that, that trends very well, that, the, um, yes, it's volatile, but you can manage that volatility. Um, and so the, 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 at stage one in 2017, it was saying, okay, what can we, we use that we believe that could work in these kind of markets? We know it trends well, we know it's volatile. What algos have we got available that, that could work effectively in that? And to be fair, in, in, in that time, it was a bit of trial and error. So it wasn't, we didn't have the perfect strategy to apply. These days, it's very, very different. But those days, it was, it was that, that time where it's like, okay, bit of discretion, bit of, bit of a proper professional fund management, good risk management in place. Let's make this work. Um, and unfortunately, we were very successful. Nowadays, it is different. You do have data. You know, you have good quality tick data you can use. You have a much better understanding of the market. You you understand much more around the um, 
you know, who's behind that market from the perspective that I don't believe you will get the same levels of volatility. It still moves up and down. I'm not saying it's a dead set to, to invest or even go short. I'm just saying that it, 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 it's a different market. It's a much nicer market to trade. It still trends very well. Um, yes, it's more volatile from the point of view you need wider stops and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's one of our favorite markets. And from a, a trading and algo perspective, um, it's by far one of the best markets because it's not got the same level of manipulation that some of the other markets have. You know, high frequency trading, you know, that kind of stuff isn't to the same extent as some of the other markets. And therefore, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds strange, but actually it's actually a friendlier market in a lot of ways, um, certainly from, a, from an algorithmic trading perspective. And then yeah, I, I, don't I don't do a lot of, of well, well, I don't, I don't do, do any crypto, crypto trading, trading, but I looked, looked into, into it just, just a few weeks ago, and what I noticed was like these, these sort of quite widespread, which we would I'd have to try and tackle. I mean, how do you how do you deal, deal with that with when, when, when these algos are trading? trading? Yeah, you do get widespread. Unfortunately, you have to shop around as well. There is a real difference between different brokers, um, and also it, it's it's a different world from from the perspective that some of the brokers trade very differently to how you would traditionally trade and, and how you put that money on the market and how you put your stops. And, and so unfortunately, you know, it's a bit of a learning curve of, of, of understanding how to trade it. Um, yeah, you have, you have to be careful. Um, what, one of the challenges is, is something like, for example, Bitcoin or any of them, a lot of people have a preference to, to long hold. Because they're long holding, it means the broker's not making money on the, the continuous turn, which means they have got higher spreads. But the thing that really catches you out is actually the overnight interest. So, you know, a lot of retail brokers will charge you an overnight interest, which is very high. Um, some of the other brokers out there that are very crypto focused will charge you interest every eight hours and they can change that interest rate whenever they like. It's not even static. Um, you're working the markets, not not regulated, and therefore you need to be very careful um, how you trade it. And, you know, hence why people come to a fund like I used to run because it's professionally managed or they would use the kind of sage capital strategies because it is much more familiar with that market and, and manages it and, and gives you that edge. But Yes, you have to be careful. However, there are some massive moves. You know, you know, recently we've we've seen a you know, move from sort of around circa ten thousand to to it's just tapped mm. and, and pulled back from twenty thousand. I mean, that, that's doubling your money there. Um, and so, yes, you may have paid slightly higher on your spread, but actually, that kind of move you're not going to get in any other market. You know, Bitcoin has been the the best performing asset of all time, without you know the fact as in it, it's gone up from the, from its its beginning days by by nine nine million percent. I think Bloomberg was saying it's ridiculous. Um, and those that got in the beginning have obviously made a lot of money from it. So it's an exciting asset. And I think actually as an asset class, it's something that's going to continue to to grow. Um, because if you look at the fundamentals around it, if you look at um, you know what's happening in the, the economy, particularly with things like COVID and you know, the fact that a lot of, um, you know, we're going to see a lot of um, probably liquidations across companies as time goes on, you know, it's, it's actually a, an asset that's free of, of central banking. You know, it's, it's something that actually is, is, is very, very exciting. You know, from an inflationary perspective, it's exciting. A lot of the big funds are now going into it. You know, Treasury is even starting to, to hold money in Bitcoin. You know, it's, it, this is the stage where actually if, if Bitcoin's going to go, this is, this is probably the stage you know, from a fundamental perspective mm-hmm. of, of being the best, the best it, it could be. Now, I'm certainly not advocating or recommending that you buy or sell. I'm not giving any kind of financial advice, but you know, you've got to look at the overall kind of position of it. It's, it's more secure than it's ever been. You know, even the banks, you know, central banks are talking about some form of cryptocurrency. Now, it won't be Bitcoin. It will be you know, a, a number of other 
different kind of tokenized currencies pulled together. Um, but actually, it's a much more effective way for them to, to run a kind of central um, kind of banking kind of currency. And they're talking, Bank of England's talking about, it. there's a number of other banks that have been talking about it. Um, and, you know, again, with, with Facebook, you've got um, Libra, you know, it, it's a stage where that has, has, has not been, you know, it, it's not released yet. There's, there's, there's challenges, and I can understand why there's challenges around it, because there are, you know, it, it, you know the whole kind of crypto world could cause a, you know, an issue to the, the kind of way that the countries are run in some ways. Um, however, when that does come out, and I'm sure it will, um, Bitcoin again will, will benefit from that. Even mm. though it's not Bitcoin, it doesn't matter. It's validation for the market and the market will, will probably, uh, probably rise. The challenge is there's a lot of people are very excited about it. A lot of people want to come into it. They're not used to the fact that you literally in one day could, could make or lose 10, 20% of your account. And therefore you have to be careful how you trade it. Nice, brilliant description of it. Um, I used to ask the question actually on the show to a lot of the guests, especially when the uh, the, the big you know run up to twenty k happened, and you know people were sort of umming and ahhing about fifty percent said it's going to go to the moon, and the other fifty percent said no, nah, it's not going to happen. You know, it's just going to completely die at some point. Yeah. So um, it sounds like now it's more there's more more facts and stuff around it that it shows it could also- potentially go to the moon. Exactly. And you've also got to look at the, the, the big kind of um, institutions and, and they're kind of, um, you know, they obviously make price predictions and they make recommendations and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you look at them, their price predictions on things like Bitcoin are, are ranging from sort of 65,000 up to 140,000. And these these are big institutions. And, and so when you look at that, there's obviously some interest there um, and, and you've got to consider the stability of it. Now, now Bitcoin is, is just the, the absolute dominator in this market. Um, but you've got others like Ethereum and stuff like that. The, the business case for Ethereum is, is much stronger than, say, for example, Bitcoin. And therefore, as a, as a, as a global tokenized way of, of um, you, know, you know, potential currency for the future, if it is even a currency, and making money, it's an opportunity that people should, should seriously consider as part of their portfolio. You know, even a 5% holding of Bitcoin would have, would have outperformed every other asset class out there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things which, if you're slightly risk averse, maybe have a small part of your portfolio. Um, if you if you're up the ride, then then potentially think about you know your position of, of, of whether you trade it uh, you know as a as a as a core asset. And just going back to your strategies that you've managed to create, I mean uh, the, the so how many have you got now that you're you're running that are profitable? Well, we were so the ones that we have in Sage that are available for everybody. So they're not they're not um, you know we have other strategies that are only available exclusively to funds um, because of the commercial around that. But the ones that we run um, within Sage, which are on a subscription basis, I think it's, it's, it's like uh, you know ninety nine dollars for for eighteen strategies, which Montana is, is pretty cheap in the market, and you get a whole kind of risk management system around that as well, and you get some education on on how to build portfolios and correlation. And so we we try and do it in such a way that people can actually make money. So um, out of the, out of those strategies, um, if you look at the live trades, I think we've got one or maybe two strategies that that haven't made money um, in the last couple of months. Um, but they're down like one percent. Whereas you've got other strategies that are up, you know, nine, ten percent. Um, and what we do is we 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 risk adjust adjust everything. So each strategy is on a, a max drawdown over the whole period of of, of testing of about five percent. So some people will join strategies together. So they run multiple. They may say they're going to run two Bitcoin, one Ethereum, one gold. And as a portfolio, it's relatively low risk. Um, I made in my portfolio twenty seven percent last month. Um, with a one percent drawdown, so you know these are not your normal kind of retail strategies. They're not the strategies that that you can have a 
you know, a 30, 40% drawdown. And yes, you might get a, a 50% return in the month. These are strategies that are very well risk managed. And we encourage that through the education we provide and, and the strategy we have. So again, if you look at the overall customers from all the people using it, there's, there's, there's only, yeah, there's, there's about 1% that are, that are down overall, um, uh, overall time, as in, you know, we, we've got, there's only one person and they are down a tiny amount. It's about 1% they're actually down. Um, and that's more to do with, their, their account size and, and minimum broker uh, minimums and stuff like that, rather than actually the, the trading strategies themselves. So we've had a good run. Um, the good thing is that the Bitcoin has gone up and we do trade Bitcoin, but actually, although a lot of our strategies are long only, we do have short strategies within Bitcoin. We do have long and short in Ethereum and gold. Strangely enough, gold is actually the best, best performer. So if you look at this year, gold has actually outperformed um, Bitcoin, I mean, not so much recently because it's obviously doubled in price, but from a uh, an algo strategy, um, gold has been amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, 15 years worth of, worth of um, back-tested track, live data on that. Um, you know, gold last month, um, we, we run, I think it's about five or six gold strategies, maybe five, um, and all of them um, are up sort of the, the, the eight, nine percent plus mark um, with very, very little risk. Um, and so that's, yeah. So people do literally, they, they yeah. subscribe to those, they come on, they see, they link in their, their broker account all done online 24 seven in the cloud. Um, they manage risk. They choose what they, they, which strategy they want chop and change and away you go. And so it's, it's a good way of, of in some ways taking what we've learned and, and trying to help people to, to, to make money out of this, make better decisions in, in what they do. And just sort of, I mean, like we usually go into, we usually get a lot of manual traders on here. Uh, mm. So to, to sort of put it in manual context, I mean, what kind of things are behind these strategies? What, what are you looking at from, um, or what are they using to, to execute trades and manage risk and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so they don't, they, it's, it's quite interesting actually, because they, um, with our strategies, none of these consider um, news. So they're, they're not news-based strategies. They are very technically uh, focused um, they all have um, you know, the usual kind of um, stops, targets, entry, you know, points. Um, I guess some of the things that they do that maybe are non-traditional. You know, I think I don't think there's any of them. Uh, there's very few of them that use fixed stops. Um, so they all have stops, but they tend to, to base their stops based on, on market volatility at the time. And so they position size based on those stops, but it is done on, you know, average, average kind of volatility, um, you know, average to range or whatever, rather than, than fixed stops. Um, a lot of them have timings put into them. So rather than just, again, getting into the market, waiting to hit your target, you know, what we found is we found that, that realistically there's, there's kind of, a, a kind of like a window of, of, of perfection and if you within that window you make maximum profit if you move outside that window your your profit starts reducing um, or your likelihood of profit starts reducing so a lot of them have you know it trades for x about time and then it closes which is again slightly different to some of the the more kind of traditional kind of uh, technical analysis now the, there are there are technical indicators within there you know there are a number of different ways you know from and um, we don't tend to use things like moving averages or, or some of the more common kind of moving averages or macd or or stochastic or anything like that none of those are, are really within the strategies um we find better um better technical indicators that that work better for us I'm not saying that the, the others don't work for us they, they just work uh, work better for example things like you know counting the channels and stuff like that surprisingly you know as a discretionary trader i wouldn't really use those but actually in in, in auto trading they, they work very well particularly in, in crypto and, and how we use those so there's a number of different things that we we use um in there you know things like for example break even um from my experience break even uh, and again it's controversial but from my experience from all of the testing and bear in mind we, we build millions 
of strategies and, and only a, a handful of strategies actually get out to, to, to market. Um, Break-even, in my view, doesn't really work. And so we don't have a break-even um, option. Although we may on occasions use things like trading stops as well, just to, to manage that risk on the market. Um, the key thing is around portfolio management. So it's, it's not about having one individual strategy. It's saying, okay, I want to take um, a decent amount. Of, I want a decent return from the market, but how do I do that with a minimum amount of risk? And the, the way that we would suggest people do that wouldn't just be simply taking one strategy. It would be taking a multitude of strategies um, that are uncorrelated or, or low correlation, not, not completely uncorrelated, and having a diverse, uh, you know, diversifying the risk across those. And, and I think if you combine each of those things, you get that real edge. You know, you get an edge of, okay, I can make, as I did 27% last, last month, um, on a risk of, of, of relatively low drawdown. My, my maximum exposure, if it all went wrong, um, was about four and a half percent. So if, if, if every single strategy, and bear in mind each strategy is independently developed, um, fires and loses simultaneously um, all at once, that's never happened ever in the past, then I'm going to lose four and a half percent of my account, which in most cases is relatively low anyway. Um, but instead of losing that, I made 27. Uh, previous months, it hasn't been as high as that. Previous months, you, you're, you're talking sort of um, eight, nine percent. Um, but again, you can double your risk. You can choose, okay, look, I'm quite happy as an individual to take a bit more risk. I'm happy to, to, to move that average from four and a half to, to um, you know, nine. So double the risk, times it by two. Guess what? You're likely to get double the return. Um, we don't do that for, for professional funds, but as an individual, that's not our decision you have the access in the system to to switch it up and switch it down and do what you like and that's what we've made available to just try and put people in the in the right direction i guess of, of, of what they do and, and how they manage that risk nice and uh and, and sort of the frequency of these trades how often can people expect to see a trade heading their chart because i know a lot of people who yeah. get robots and stuff they go oh like, it's not traded yet and it's like when did you put it on five minutes ago okay well it's going to take a day yeah. before you can see anything so what, what about frequency they're really dull <laughs> they're really dull and as a discretionary trader and bear in mind my background was discretionary as in i wasn't a trader originally but when i, when I started trading it was discretionary um you know I, you trade a lot and then and and it's i was going to say it's fun it's, it certainly gets your adrenaline going um but on these these things um per strategy they they average about seven trades per month which again goes it goes against a lot of what you know traders would expect you know they want that kind of high frequency they they want to be in the market they see the market moving and they're like oh my goodness i'm not in that you know i could have been in that that kind of kind of fomo but time and time again actually you know it costs money to enter the market. When you're in the market, you're at risk. You know, what I want to do is you know, I, I want to be in the market, in market when I've got the least risk, when I've got the best possible um, a chance of making money. And I don't want to pay the broker a load of fees and I don't want to get slippage because that's going to cost me as well. So how do I do that? Well, realistically, I trade slightly less. I have my trades on the market for slightly longer. And uh, and that improves my, my uh, the ability to make profit. And, and when you add in things like compounding over time, you're going to make a lot of money. Um, I think a lot of traders think too too short term, and that short term puts enormous amount of stress and pressure on them, which makes them trade, um, you know, not you know, as consistent or, or, or perhaps not even as, as they'd like to. They look back at their, 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 their trading log and they're like, oh, you know, well, it'd be fine. I'll do it again next time because I, I know what I did this time. And but they never do. It's, it's so hard. Whereas actually, if you if you remove some of that pressure, 
you go slightly slightly long term, slightly less trades, costs go down, probability of making money goes up, and guess what? You feel you feel great. And to be fair, you, you can you, you can go to the gym and and not be watching your screen from from six in the morning to, to, to ten at night kind of thing, you know. And and so it doesn't make a difference to your lifestyle, as well as in my view, your profitability. So these things, you know, seven times a, a month on average, you'll probably be trading four strategies. So to be fair, you're, you're still on average taking a trade a day. Nice. Um, now, what do you think made you different from like other people that have taken the course or uh, the average you know, person out there? Do you think you had any special traits or any special experience that, that headed you in this direction and, and made you think like this? Well, okay. I mean, you know, everyone's, everyone's different and they, they obviously have different traits. I mean, I, you know, the kind of backstory of me, to be, to be fair, I, I was very, very entrepreneurial. You know, I, I started my first a business when I was eight years old, you know, I, I ran professional audio, you know, national magazines when I was sort of 12, you know, I had multiple businesses that I built up and, and, and sold. Um, it got to the stage where I had one business, which um, was developed and, and, and sold within six months, which is super quick. And that was sold to a very large global consultancy firm. Um, I became a partner there. Um, I ran the, the uh, data analytics and intelligence um, team there, and we got in, involved in some, some really interesting uh, project, projects around uh, predicting future events. Um, and that's, that kind of helped me to get into to this, you know, the ability to, to use data to predict future events, you know, kind of works pretty well in the financial markets. Um, but that's what I thought. And then I started and realized I actually knew nothing about trading and, and all of those kind of things that I'd learned realistically probably didn't apply. And, and actually I started again, but that, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit and that kind of business mindedness, I think really helped to, to, to focus. And, and, you know, it's, I always feel that in my life, when I've, when I've done things, I've always got to the stage where things are, are just ready to, to, to explode, to, to become really good. And I kind of, kind of given up because it just got too hard. And with this, I absolutely wasn't going to give up. I was absolutely going to learn everything I could. I was going to talk to as many people as I could. I was going to, you know, do as many courses as I could. And, and uh, you know, clearly there's a lot of, you know, so-called gurus out there that, that, you know, that teach you stuff that maybe never traded themselves. But to be fair, there's always something there. There's always a little nugget I could pick up and I could learn from. And, you know, just 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 being inquisitive and, and, and using that, in, in, that inquisitive nature to, to get information from people so you can learn that little bit extra. And then, you know, you know, I was, from my perspective, I, I didn't want to discretionary trade all my life. I just found it, um, I found it super exciting. You know, I, I can remember I was on a trade where I entered the market and I, I, I got into the market and I was in the market for probably, you know, probably a second. I mean, it was that quick. Um, honestly, that felt like an eternity. You know, it was unexpected. I think I made, uh, on, on this particular trade, it was sort of fun. It wasn't my own money, but I made about 60 grand in that one second from that Are one trade. Kidding? Um <laughs> But I can physically remember, you know, my hand was literally shaking. It was like this. And I realized at that point that the, 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 the extreme stress that this, this is going to cause me is such that I, I just don't think this is, this for me, was my, my long-term kind of way. And so for me, that's why I wanted to get into auto trading. Um, and for me, because of my business entrepreneurial background, I understand that if I build a great algo, not only can I license it, it has value in the future. And as a company, you know, you, you get a, valuation your company which can be significantly greater so i can carry on trading i can use my own algos i can get this this other income from other sources and it, it kind of worked very well for me and that was that was my thinking which i don't know if that's different or not but that was my thinking you know i i, I wasn't just building a strategy that only i could use because frankly i didn't have enough money to to, to make it you know you make it work at the time um now you know 
you know, I'm, I'm clearly three three years down the line, which is ridiculous. And again, I, I thought it was much longer than that. Three years down the line, and I'm in a good place. As in, you know, I've I've run two very large funds. Um, one again, multi asset, mainly FX, through two crypto, both regulated funds traded again literally billions in other people's money built an, an array of, of of algos you know in a, in a bank of algos that we license out you know it it's it's it, well, it shows you can do it you know i didn't come mm. from a trading background anyone can do it it's that kind of you know desire to learn and and learn and take on these things as much as you can to to learn and build and and uh and you know and, and just drive forward you know that ambition that that belief i guess you know that that tenacity i don't know how you describe it it's, yeah you know, maybe that's not normal but you know for me this is what i want to do i want to be in the position where i could be anywhere in the world trade anytime you know be with my family when i want to be with my family um, rather than being stuck to a screen or even stuck to my, my, my kind of day job whatever that may, may have been kind of thing you know, and, and you know that yeah yeah that tenacity is has driven me through to where where things are now um you know, clearly along that journey, it's not just about auto algos. You, you have to learn about the market. You have to learn about how the market is, is, is manipulated. You have to learn about, you know, the best ways to, you know, the, the, the real reality is that, that, you know, a lot of people are tagged by brokers. They know what you're trading and therefore, you, you, you know, continuously entering the market or market orders at some point, you get, you're going to get burnt because it, it, it's, it's a place where they can lose money. You know, entering the market on pending orders is less aggressive. You'll get much better fills, you know, simple things like that through to, you know, understanding that the, the game is as, as the greater game, understanding the fundamentals, understanding, you know, technicals, understanding, you know, what's going on in the market that could drive an asset class forward, just talking to good people, basically. And, and that that has helped massively to to, um, you know, to build up my knowledge and my capability, I guess. So, so what steps would you recommend somebody take if they were going to try and, you know, emulate the success that you've had? Uh, what would you recommend they do? Well, I think there's a number of things. I mean, again, you know, I think it doesn't matter whether you're auto trading or discretionary. I think that the first thing is that um, if I look at really good traders and I've been, I, I know, you know, I know a few really good traders, only quite a few good traders. Um, if you look at their strategy, you'll be surprised how simple it is. And so that's the first thing I'd say is that good, tra good traders trade simple strategies. Um, and and I think that's the first thing is to 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 not overcomplicate your strategy. You know, if you're trading technicals, having you know five different indicators on your screen probably is not going to give you the information you need. You you need to probably have less indicators, and and just go with it. And and over time, you know, you know prove it. But 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 that's what I would do. I'd I'd really you know not get too caught up in and 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 think that you need to be complicated to make money simply you know simplicity is is, is good um i think the second thing is that from a mindset perspective I, I think your mindset has to be one where you 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 need to stop thinking about needing to get rich today tomorrow this week this month because if you get this right you will become very wealthy uh, over time but i think a lot of people force themselves into a into a box where they where they wrap themselves with some wrap themselves with some kind of time constraint which means they they trade with much larger risks than than maybe they they should they um you know they they are less consistent than maybe they 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 should because they feel under pressure um maybe they've had a really good win and because they've had that really good win they've they've kind of they've tasted what success likes is like and they, they want to you know, carry on that and so they take more risk and, and perhaps even get a little bit more, more maverick which eventually will, will end in failure i mean 
you know, it's still to this day, you know, a, a broker will, will, the life expectancy or the, the account expectancy for a broker um, is about three months. So, so most people will lose all their money within three months when they start trading. If you can get your trading system right, if you can get your risk right, you know, focus on risk. Don't focus on profitability. Focus on risk. Because if you get your risk right, you can double your risk and therefore you will double your profitability. But the key thing is that your capital won't be eroded. And I know there's a message that has been told you know, time and time again, but it, it is absolutely critical that people get their mindset right on risk. Because also, if you ever want to get to the stage where you do want to build auto algos and you do want to sell to, to funds and stuff like that, then risk is the key thing. You know, they are most, the first question they'd say is, is, is around risk. You know, what's your maximum drawdown? What's your average loss in dollars? What's your average win in dollars? You know, what's your recovery rate? You know, these kind of things will come out. It's not about what's your profitability, what's your win rate. None of, none of that will come out in the initial stages. And so risk is the, is the, is the key thing. And that, that mindset of, of, of time, you know, you know, if someone makes, you know, a small amount, you know, say for example, they got they got a ten thousand, you know, dollar account, and they double their account in a year, which is which is pretty good going. Okay, um, now with compounding, it's not just doubling your account because you're going to be trading the money you make every time, which means it's significantly more. But in year two, if you put all that money in, the kind of money you can make is is so incredibly large compared to where you started without taking huge risk. It's just time. That's what it is. It's the fact is that you've given yourself more time to make money and and that is i think the biggest thing that that people don't truly recognize that that don't don't make time against you put it on your side you know risk and time i think are the key things that you really need to consider yes you do need a good strategy um but actually if you've got good risk management and you understand that that this is a, a slightly longer term game than than just a month or so um your strategy doesn't even have to be that good. You know, you, you can still make money with a, a strategy that, that isn't the best strategy. And, and so many people go out there and all they're focusing on is, is strategy. I want to build the best strategy. I want to build the best win rate. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, it's not you're wasting your time, but actually you could be trading. If you have good risk management in place, and again, you're giving yourself time with, with, with not lots of capital exposed in the market, that's how you're going to learn. Because the quickest way to learn is, is, is being bitten. By losses um and if they're small it's not a problem you don't feel psychologically drained and you feel still in the place where you can logically put that next trade on whereas actually if you lose a lot honestly at that point you need to stop trading for a period of time because you cannot make good decisions uh, at that point and so just 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 you know it's hard because i know when i started it's exactly what i didn't want to do i wanted to be in the market i wanted to trade as much as i could i want to make as much money as i could and it's only through through you know, you know, the, the, the feeling of, of losses and, and give you an understanding losses, right? I must have lost when I first started trading, when I got money, I mean, I, I, I would have lost, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. I mean, we're not talking small amounts, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Um, I would have lost um, when I was trading, you know, I had access to money. So, you know, through the fund and, and, you know, we, we lost a lot of money, you know, through, through what we did. And it's only through that, that, that reality check of, of what, what am I doing? You know, this is, this is madness. And that, that, you know, in some ways I've been burned and I can see what it's like. And, and, and it's that kind of don't do what I did. You know, yep. if, you, if you can yeah. you know, learn from this now without taking that pain that actually you can make money, keep things simple, keep your wrists right. Don't worry about, about time, you know, allow, you know, if you, if you want to make money, give yourself a, a year to make money. Don't, don't say, Oh, I've got to make money in the next week. And if you make a win, don't, don't, don't take it that that's, that's going to be it. I've, I, I was explaining that I've got a strategy that is, um, 
It's 97% accurate, okay? It's traded 14,000 times over 15 years. I mean, this is like an ATM, people would say. You know, it prints money. The challenge is that it, it, even though it's 97% accurate, it's 3% inaccurate. The risk to reward on that particular strategy is 1 to, to 11, which I know people are going to think that's nuts, but actually you can still make money out of that. The problem is, is out of 14,000 trades, you've got 400 odd trades, which are losers. Now, if those losers start adding up in a row and you're at 11 to one risk, you're going to lose money. Now, to the average kind of kind of person, when they look at that, they would love that strategy, 97%. I mean, I traded that strategy and I think it was three or four months I didn't have a single losing trade. It's like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I can easily feel invincible with that strategy. And then I remember with that, actually, I lost pretty much all the money that I gained within three or four months within a day because of that 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 issue. So what I'm saying is with, with a strategy like that, don't worry about your, your your win rate. Think about what is your potential risk? You know, what is the the, the probability of, of losing this money? What's the potential? How consistent can I be on this? Because again, if you can make small incremental profits, it adds up unbelievably over time. And if you do, to be fair, you can start licensing. You can make a kickback on money from that as well, rather than just trading as well. So, you know, that, that's what I would say. It's probably cool. quite a long answer, but it, it's, it's something I'm passionate about. I just, I just wish i could get that message across that that time is your enemy don't don't think short term honestly now what about like for for the next month if, if somebody was going to go out and master one thing for the next month what what would you recommend they they go and do well it, it kind of goes on to the conversation we had i mean if you if you haven't explored um crypto as an asset class um then then perhaps that's something that i would, I would consider doing just purely because it actually trends very well it's quite a nice asset class to, to, to look at from a technical perspective um, because you don't have the same fundamental impacts that you do on some of the other markets, which is quite nice. And so I, I, would, I would definitely consider that. Um, but if we're talking specifically about what you do within, within trading, I, I would consider looking at your trades and trying to understand what kind of risk exposure you've got. You know, what is your maximum drawdown that you've ever had? Okay, what is your, your average um, drawdown? This is per trade, let's say. You know, what is your um, the average win rate, average loss? Um, but also one other factor that I think would be quite interesting is, is to look at your um, days to recovery. So if you've had a losing trade and it's come off that peak and you've had a drawdown, how long does it take you to recover to get back up to that peak? Because if you start analyzing your trades more like that, in fact, if people were to go to the, the Sage Capital um, website, sagecapital.co.uk, there's a section on there that says performance. And there's a whole, there's 18 different uh, performance reports on there, which is which is our strategies. Um, it doesn't matter if you're, you're not going to sign up to Sage, but if you look at those strategies, there's some key numbers on those strategies, which you should probably look at your own portfolio. It doesn't matter whether you auto trade or whether you're discretionary. Look at those kind of stats and see how you compare to those strats. Because you might find you've got some strategies there that you would consider to be underperforming, but actually long-term, they may be really effective and actually very valuable to you or, or perhaps even to, to anyone else. And so I would, I would really go back and look at your trades and look at the numbers. Um, you know, personally, you know, if you're discretionary trading, I, I would look at ways to, to um, you know, understand you know, whether that, that style of trading is, is going to work long-term. And, and I would do that by, by building some kind of auto and back-testing that um, through computer not not manually because you'll you'll get what's called trader bias where you're completely blind to the losers because you 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 want the you want the outcome to be um what you want it to be in some ways it's a good answer nathan probably not the best answer you could have given i would have thought you would have said go and do the the course that cam's created to learn how to automate your strategies (laughs) <laughs> to be fair people have got already validation of that i mean you know three years to 2017 to 2020 and 
you know, complete uh, complete change around. You know, I yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was gonna, I was, given, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I was just thinking, oh, he's gonna say, he's gonna say, do the course. Ah, uh, no. Anyway, um, right, we're just gonna jump into the quick fire round and uh, give the guys a bit of a summary of everything. So, uh, how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Oof. Um, well, I think there's different levels to that. I think if you've got smaller accounts, it, it, it took me from, from newbie to be consistently profitable, probably took me um, 18 months, I reckon. Um, however, when you're dealing with larger accounts, it's a, it's a whole new ball game because you can't get you can't get large accounts through the markets. There's, there's not a lot of liquidity at the price points you want. And so to get to the stage where, you, where you're profitable trading larger uh, amounts, it, it took a little bit longer than that. Uh, what's your favorite entry setup? Entry setup. Um, uh, I, well, I, I, I personally quite like, um, I, I quite like, uh, well, I, I, I quite like scaling in. So I would quite like a pullback um, as, as to one entry and then the breakout to confirm the entry as the second entry. So um, again, not something we would initially do in, a, in an auto trading, but on a personal level, um, yeah. And personally, it, it, it's funny to admit this, actually, after all this, I still quite like moving averages. I, I just do. Um, I know they, 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 they lag the market, but, but personally, I think that they're quite a nice way to, to, uh, to, to, to give an understanding of, of trend, to, to give you the pullback into the moving average, to get confirmation, to, to buy out that, you know, good dynamic levels of support and resistance for your, for your stops. Um, and then breakout trades for your, for your second scale. So, you know, but that's that's just on a personal level. We certainly wouldn't use those necessarily in in the complex kind of strategies that we 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 develop. But uh, yeah, I, I like them. What about stra- uh, strategies to exit or manage trades? Sorry, I didn't know what's that. Oh, strategies. What strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so I. Um, so I. <laughs> It does vary, you know. They they, they vary um, per, stra- per per trade. I mean, as I said to you before, if you're looking at the the kind of strategy we would use for, from a stop perspective, we would tend to use more volatility base rather than fixed stops. Um, from a from a target perspective, we'd equally perhaps look at volatility as well. So, if the market is particularly volatile, then you're looking for a wider st- stop. If it's a a close range, obviously, then you're you're looking for a nearer stop. Um, there are ways to there are some some nice predictive ways actually that you can you can certainly do your targets and and pick points where the market moves and that and uh, you know i can't really go into the detail here but it's you know if you look at the general kind of market cycles and, and get into things like understanding the, the 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 kind of individual moves of those market cycles the waves you get on any time frame um they they give you a very good prediction of, of where that market's going and the kind of target you would you would have so there are different ways you know i may use uh, you know i may use trading stop you know, there was a there was a, an example where I, I took an account where I very best, first started from 300 grand to, to 5 million in one year. Um, that was actually based on a daily chart. It was on a, a based on a, a three bar um, uh, break in some ways uh, with a with the trading stop three bars behind um, as in the break of the three bars with a very simple moving average behind it. And, and that made it, it literally made to the count 300 grand to, to 5 million in, in 12 months. In fact, we took the count from 3, 3 million to 1.8 million um, in about 10 weeks. And so, again, you know, perhaps it's a bit lucky if you use that same strategy now, perhaps it wouldn't work. But, you know, this is the thing, simplicity. Um, and uh, on that one, there was no target. It just we just let the market run, and and basically the stop took took it out. So you know, different strategies do do different things. And again, 
blending strategies give you that gives you that diversification, which means that you know you can be in and at the market at different times, which in some ways hedges that risk as well. Do you have any uh, recommended trading book or resource people could check out? Uh, unfortunately, I'm probably going to give you the same that everyone has ever said. I mean, personally, Trading in Zone was a was a big book for me. Um, he did. I know he, he had a, unfortunately the, the guy behind that had a heart attack and and whatever. Mm. And uh, but he did an audio book as well that, around that, um, which was a live seminar, which was really interesting. Talking about um, probability of trades and and uh, you know I, I, I enjoyed that book. Yeah. Um, it was a good Mark book. Douglas, and yeah. then the interview books, you know, Wizards and stuff like that. You know, really enjoyable book. You know, good things to to learn from from each of those. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Well, again, unfortunately, it depends on which asset class you're you're, you're trading. Um, we use um, we actually use Pepperstone, and we use Pepperstone for our strategies, for our retail strategies, um, mainly because the, the the spreads are low in crypto compared to a lot of others. Um, they are one of the largest brokers. They're regulated. You know, there's all those kind of things that that we would do. That also when testing. To be fair, when you're talking auto, you know, different brokers give you a bit, a bit different execution, and we we found Pepstone gives us, you know, gives us the best execution for what we want. Um, obviously, if you're trading a large fund, it's slightly different because you, you deal with prime brokers. Brilliant. Well, look, um, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Well, if they want to, yeah, have a chat or have a look at the strategies, um, the website is um, SageCapital.co.uk. Um, yeah, have a look at the website, see what you think, and then there's the there's support. A button on there which um you know if you want to message me specifically click the support button and um and mention me and and i'll, I'll come back to you straight away and uh, we can have a chat or, or whatever um, but that's the best way to, to to connect and guys as i mentioned we did do a uh, probably an hour and a half long um q a with nathan just before this where for the robot builders club members so if you want to find that you want to check that out you've got to go and join the robot builders club come on board and we'll teach you how to build trading algos like Nathan does. Right, so big thank you to Nathan for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here along with all the links are in the show notes. To simply to find them, simply search for Nathan in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success.